to the Booting It podcast, where we lift the lid on breastfeeding and tell you what it's really like. I'm your host, Ruth, founder of BootingIt.com and proud mama of two. On the podcast, I'll be talking to people about their breastfeeding experience in the hopes that their stories will help and inspire others. From time to time, I'll also have a special guest on to delve deep into a breastfeeding topic. So let's get on with the show. delighted to tell you that our sponsors of the Bibbing It podcast this week are Nine and Quarter Maternity, a brand that offer a different kind of maternity and nursing wear. Their mission is to bring you on-trend, organic and easy to rock designs that fit seamlessly into your pre and post-pregnancy wardrobe without compromising on your style. And lucky for you, they're offering Bibbing It listeners 15% off their entire maternity and breastfeeding range. Just enter the code Bibbing It at the checkout when you shop online at www.9-and-quarter.co.uk. Today I am joined by Grace, who is mama to little Freddie, who was born at the height of the COVID pandemic last year. Grace was actually one of the first mamas to share her breastfeeding story on boobingit.com when we launched last year. Since then, she's become one of Boobingit's founding members and has even become a regular contributor to the platform. I wanted to have Grace on today to talk about what it's been like finding her feet as a first-time mom in a global pandemic, how she found getting to grips with breastfeeding during lockdown, her experience of getting the COVID vaccine and her thoughts about going back to work. So we'll be packing a lot into today's episode, I think. Uh, welcome, Grace. Good morning. So, Grace, you had Freddie back in July 2020 when there was still a lot of COVID restrictions in place in the UK. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about the birth and how you found um, that experience. Um, so I knew quite early on in my pregnancy that I would be having an elective section so that in itself was a worry, putting COVID aside. Um, but in the run-up, going to my midwife's appointments and seeing the consultant, I was reassured that it'd be, you know, as natural as possible, that we wouldn't notice staff wearing PP and stuff. The only thing was that when we were in theatre, me and my husband both had to wear masks. And obviously, a lot of the staff had more equipment on than what you would usually expect. But other than that, I don't really think I noticed a difference with my hospital stay and the experience or the care that I received so well that's good you know, it was a good experience overall yeah considering it was in the height of it really in the summer yeah so you had an elective c-section um, and did you get that skin to skin contact straight after did you did you did Freddie go on the breast straight away afterwards what 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 kind of happened yeah so I, I did um, before going to theatre, when I had a chat with the anaesthetist and the midwives and the um, surgeons, we had a big chat about, you know, that I did want to breastfeed and that it was important to get that skin to skin early on. Everyone was really supportive with that. And, you know, within minutes of him being born and checked over, he was straight away on me, which was amazing. And I think that really helped with, you know, breastfeeding early on. So before we'd even um, left the theatre department we'd managed to get him to latch on which was amazing I didn't expect it to happen so quickly so the midwives were brilliant explaining you know the importance of getting them early on so we did get that you know within 20 minutes of him being born he, he was latched on which was really good yeah that's brilliant because uh, you do hear often with c-sections that skin the skin can possibly be delayed and, yeah um you know some mummies who've had c-sections do you worry about the breastfeeding element? You know, will, yeah. will their milk come in a little bit later than um, what would maybe be deemed normal? So what was the, what was that experience for you? When did you find your milk came in, Grace? Um, so 
that was in my mind my worry and I wish looking back now I wish I'd done more research about you know sections and breastfeeding but I think you know I was a bit naive to thinking you know first time mum that you want to breastfeed and it just happens um so I had had chats with my midwife in the run-up to it about breastfeeding um so the first few days were like very intense it's constant feeding isn't it and you're not sure if it's happening you know you, you don't know if this is how your breasts are meant to feel yeah and then I think it was on, on about day three or four you know you wake up in the morning and you know it's coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like oh right th- this is this is what it is <laughs> now my milk's in this is yeah because <laughs> you keep thinking like oh is it isn't it and then that morning when you wake up you're like whoa okay <laughs> this yeah, is you it <laughs> know, you know you'll 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 know it when it happens I think oh that, yeah um, yeah because people are, are, are you know in the run-up those few days people are unsure if baby's getting enough and you do worry don't you because you can't you know physically see how much they're having but then when when the milk comes in it it definitely comes in (laughs) yeah and it's a relief when you you do you do find that your milk has come in but oh yeah it'll be incredibly uncomfortable for those days can't it when you're your boobs are gorged with milk everything is uncomfortable you know I was struggling sleeping and feeding in you know, because the baby is so small in the early days, and you know, in comparison to how big your breasts go, you know, you look at them and you look at your boobs <laughs> and you think, but how's that going to work? <laughs> I know, with the boobs bigger than their head possibly? Yeah, 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 very much so. <laughs> Actually, I remember um, with my with my son um, when he was born and I the milk came in, the same as you, sort of three, four days after I had had him. And, you know, it came flooding back those feelings of, oh, yeah, I remember this with my firstborn. And then the milk came mm. in and you're kind of in shock. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing fitted with regards to top. <sighs> I didn't have any bras that fitted. Like, yeah. All my maternity bras were actually too small because my boobs were so big. But if anyone's yeah. listening and they don't have a clue what we're talking about, it does ease off after a few days. It's just, oh yeah, you know, the, the main thing with uh, when your milk comes in is just to feed, feed, feed the baby as much as mm. possible. Oh, yeah. And relieve that, uh, that engorgement. But. Um, I just remember thinking, I hope no one comes to visit me today and tomorrow because, you know, I don't want any hugs. I don't want anybody to see me. You know, I just wanted to be in my pajamas. So I was actually thinking one of the pluses possibly of the lockdown, you can't have people in your house and you can kind of just be at home in your comfies, not having to worry about people calling in. There's not that, there's not that pressure there of, you know, having to entertain people or, you know. We were lucky with that, that my husband got so long off work, he was able to have six weeks off. He got two weeks paternity and then added annual leave to it. So it meant that in the early stages when it was difficult and I was recovering, that I only fed the baby. He did all the nappy changes and, you know, bathing him and playing with him and stuff. So, you know, I think that really helped with their bonding as well and the success of me being able to carry on breastfeeding. Definitely. I think think we can't underestimate the role of, the partner or if, if you don't have a partner you know the role of mm-hmm. your mom or your dad or somebody oh yeah be definitely. there with you especially if you've had that c-section delivery mm. as you did grace and you know it takes you know a lot of weeks to oh recover. yeah and what was the recovery period like for you so I think I mean I work in theater so I've seen hundreds of sections myself but I think I really underestimated how you know it's major surgery and I didn't I put this pressure on myself to, you know, be out and walking and making the most of our time together as a family. 
and quite early on I think I, I overdid it and ended up quite sore and then you know that lit led to more challenges with different positionings and sleeping and what I was able to lift and so I think you know I'd say to anyone having a section it is major surgery you need to you know if you were having any other operation you would take your time before you did anything but you have a baby and then there's this pressure to you know just get on with it (laughs) yeah yeah I think especially um you know our generation where we're you know you just want to be up and about and doing things yeah and And show you know you want to show off your baby (laughs) you want to show off your baby exactly but whenever I think back to what my mum would have said she she just basically well she was in hospital for a week after Mm. which was the norm as well back then wasn't it yeah you'd stay in because she had us in the 80s that was the norm so that was Mm -hmm. a week in hospital Mm -hmm. and really you know the the nurses would just bring the baby to her when the the baby needed fed and they did yeah yeah and then yeah. she was home and she didn't feel any pressure to get up mm-hmm. and about. She was quite happy just to potter about at home. And I, I kind of wish I was more like her and had done yeah, that yeah. as well, you know, and just chill. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. And I know what you mean. You kind of want to be up and about, but it's at the mm-hmm. detriment then to your recovery. Um, yeah. So so let's let's talk your home now. You, you know, you've you've got Freddie at home. How was the breastfeeding those first few weeks? How did you find it? It was very overwhelming because, like I said, I'd not done my research. So I'd not looked at like cluster feeding and fourth trimester. So, you know, I think the, the biggest thing for me was having that confidence to know that I was feeding him and it was enough because you'd feed him. And then 20 minutes later, he'd want feeding again. So you'd think, am I missing something? Is there something else wrong? You know, my husband spent hours rocking him trying to get him to go to sleep not knowing that actually we should have just every time he moved put him on the breast so the, the confidence side of things you know knowing he was getting enough were, was the biggest thing I think in in the first few weeks was you know the hardest part of it yeah I think a lot of new parents will definitely relate to what you just said you just you have no frame of reference when it's your first baby that's it yeah you're going through trial and error oh yeah definitely and you know looking back I should have just every time he moved flinched you know off of the breast because you know you can't overfeed a breastfed baby so you know if he didn't want it he wouldn't have had it but you know we, we, we spent a lot of time thinking it was something else when really you know those first six, six weeks of establishing your supply I should have just been putting him on me all the time yeah I know if only you knew like I was exactly the same I thought I'd done I thought I'd done research in breast mm. I really did and then when yeah. I had the baby I was googling everything I was like oh, oh yeah research and I remember you know my daughter was feeding constantly throughout the night and I said oh my goodness there's something wrong with her there's something yeah wrong with her. and yeah. then I messaged you know a Facebook support group and everything yeah, yeah. oh it's cluster feeding it's fine yeah. it's normal and I thought how did I not come across this term yeah oh yeah and but just to be told that it was normal um yeah. was was so good and uh yeah if only we had like a you know a breastfeeding expert just on hand all the time to just oh yeah they are fierce and to be able to know as well that everything is a phase if you know what I mean the cluster yeah phase is and you know soon your baby will be older soon they'll be going longer in between feeds and it's not all as relentless as as it can be and yeah definitely and there's I feel like there's a lot of negativity around those early days and you know you look on these forums and everyone's like oh my god it's so hard but I think you know and that puts people off because you know it is it is very hard 
but it does get easier and you've got to stick at it and you know you reap the rewards then because you've worked hard and you know my friend had her little boy not long after I had Fred so I was that bit ahead of her which meant that when she was coming to me saying oh my god he's on me all the time is this normal I was able to say you know I promise I've been through it it does get easier you know in the long run like you said they go longer you know you get better at getting them to latch on and be more effective at removing the milk so you can do quicker feeds and so it it definitely does get easier. Well, that's fantastic. Then you were a source of support for somebody else and probably, yeah. you know, help them on their breastfeeding journey. And that's what it's yeah. all about, isn't it? Sharing, oh, yeah, definitely. Sharing the knowledge, sharing the support. And I know you've been a big one for that. You're such a, a fantastic breastfeeding advocate, Grace. And Thank you. You've done so many wonderful articles for Boobing It as well. You know, you touched actually one of the articles you did was you touched on your mastitis. Mm-hmm. Um your uh, mastitis issue so what what happened for those of uh, for those people listening that maybe haven't read the article um tell us a bit about what happened um with your with mastitis um so freddie was about 15 weeks old and you know i'd seen about mastitis i'd done a bit of research into it for you know as someone breastfeeding you know that's your fear isn't it of getting mastitis everyone you know you get a bit sore and you think oh god is it that so I, I did know the signs to look for, but it happened so quickly over the weekend. You know, I'd gone from the Saturday morning waking up, feeling a bit of pain there, a bit of redness, thinking, oh, is this it? To then, you know, the Sunday night, I was then admitted to hospital with potential sepsis. So it really happened, you know, that quick, um, which was obviously very scary being away away from him when he was so young. Um, and I'd done all all the things you advise to do as well you know when the redness was there I'd massaged I'd fed him and fed him and fed him and fed him from that side but it just developed so quickly that I needed antibiotics and obviously that had been missed early on which then led to a a hospital admission and then what happened when you um did you have to stay overnight in hospital or what what was it no because it, it happened um in the afternoon on the Sunday um so they kept me in, you know, part of the afternoon until late. I don't think I left hospital until, you know, uh, the early hours, maybe around midnight one. So I was lucky in that sense that, you know, I didn't have to be away from him overnight, which was my biggest worry of it, you know, potentially ending our journey when we'd worked so hard. Yeah. So I was advised, you know, that they did potentially want to keep me in, but it did mean that, you know, I would, I would because of COVID, I would be without my baby that night, which... You know, yeah. I, I I can't imagine having to be away from him, not not on my terms in that situation. Yeah, and there was um, I remember when you shared that story. Actually, there was around the same time, you know, another girl on Instagram, you know, talked about a similar sort of case. She'd went to yeah. hospital with mastitis and was told that she would she wouldn't Had be able to, be to bring separated. her baby with her. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she went on a you know a mission to uh, to make a change to that and. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, a lot of hospitals have had to re, to to look at you know their uh, what they do in those cases, if you know what I mean, yeah. because it's not acceptable to mm-hmm. separate a breastfeeding mummy with their baby. Because I mean, we're their main source of yeah. <laughs> um, of nutrition. So yeah, um, but you know, I think that that issue has improved a lot. But I'm so sorry to hear that you had to go through that. But you you came out the other end. You you continue, yeah. continued to breastfeed i 
wanted to take a little break in this episode to tell you more about our sponsors Nine and Quarter. Whether you're a mama-to-be or a new mama, Nine and Quarter has a range of multi-purpose clothing that can take you through pregnancy, breastfeeding and beyond. They offer a range of on-trend, organic and easy-to-rock clothing and they're proof that maternity wear doesn't have to be boring. Their signature slogan sweaters and t-shirts feature empowering messages and are loved by mamas everywhere. They also offer a selection of style staples, including tank tops and leggings, so you can cut out your entire maternity and breastfeeding wardrobe with ease. To check out their range and shop online, visit www.9-and-quarter.co.uk. Don't forget, Nine and Quarter are offering Boobing It listeners 15% off their range. Just enter the discount code Boobing It at the checkout. Was there any other um, sort of bumps in the road for you with regards to breastfeeding or was it has it been quite plain sailing since? I mean, touch wood, obviously, I don't want to jinx myself, but I have found, you know, since having mastitis and, you know, I've done a lot more research, even now, you know, I've read your book and learned stuff from that. So I don't think, you know, you could breastfed all your children and it go really well. There's always something else to learn and you can learn from someone else's experience. So, you know, so far it, it is a lot easier. Yeah. The biggest thing now is because he's getting bigger and heavier you know finding comfortable positions and you know because we're allowed to go out and about now it's making that work when we're sat in parks or you know going out for lunch now that we're allowed feeding him in busy places I think that that's going to be the next challenge for us because he's so interested in what's going on yeah when we're out he's just you know he's hungry but he he still wants to look around at the same time yeah yeah I think a lot of people who have become parents in the pandemic will relate to that because they spent so much time at home with their babies and being able to yeah. breastfeed at home or feed at home and then all of a sudden they're faced with these restrictions lifting and then thinking oh, yeah now now I'll possibly have to breastfeed out and about and you know in yeah. public and yeah. you know, they haven't been used to that so I can yeah. imagine that that might be a bit of a fear for um for some people but I think yeah the, the thought of it as with most things the thought of it's often worse than actually doing it yeah that first time, you know, you build it up and you, you know, if you go with somebody else, you know, me and my partner had this little system when I was breastfeeding in public to, you know, keep me covered and you'd be really quick doing it. But I think, you know, the more you do it, it builds up your confidence. And, you know, it's quite surprising, actually. I found, you know, people do look, but it's obvious, you know, sometimes you'll catch their eye and it'll be just a smile and it, it's, you know, it's a nice thing. Yeah. And I, you know, whenever I used to feed out in public, if anyone ever did mention it was you know and then seeing that I was breastfeeding they were like oh I just, I just thought you were holding your baby you know yeah I don't, yeah. Really, I don't think I think you're more conscious of it yourself than anybody oh else. yeah I think most people are more interested in their own business but at yeah. the same time I loved it when somebody came up and actually said oh that's I had a few people on my journey say oh that's fantastic to see you feeding your baby yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that was the loveliest thing. And it really put a spring in my step. And it made me think I should maybe do that when I yeah. see somebody else. Well, know? I am. Um, I don't know if you, you've come across it, but the Yes Mama project, I don't know if you've seen it, um, where they um, have little cards that say, you know, thank you for breastfeeding in public, public to normalize yeah. it. So, you know, I've got a couple of them in my changing bag and in my purse and in my car. Oh, so, you know, nice. if ever I see anyone else, obviously, COVID has restricted going yeah. out to strangers a little bit without freaking them out too much but you know the odd time that I have seen somebody else I've gone up and given them a card and said you know you're doing a good job but it's just you know I'm all for mum supporting mums I think it's important to 
you know give someone that smile if you see them feeding in public because it you know you know the emotions of how you know scary it is for them yeah um that's such a lovely idea I must get myself some of those cards too yeah I think you just pay you just pay for postage as well so oh brilliant yeah yeah it's it's, it's a free project to try and encourage normalizing yeah and especially it'll be good at the minute was we say restrictions are lifting people are going to be out and yeah. about more so um it'll be it might be a nice little boost to somebody's breast oh yeah get that yeah and they definitely. can pass it on to somebody else yeah that's it keep them going round. but the reality is grace you've spent most of your maternity leave in lockdown with your little boy so like how have you found that obviously I know you have nothing to compare it to because he's your first <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but you obviously were, weren't expecting this maternity leave where you'd be kind of closed off from everything. So how yeah. I mean, I've been lucky in that I've got a really good support network. You know, my friends and family have been really supportive and, you know, we've been able to form a support bubble with my mum and dad. So they've helped us with childcare and, you know, making sure that we're okay. But I think maternity leave anyway can be very isolating and lonely. So for me, We've done a handful of classes before they were cancelled again and stopped. So I've struggled in that, that, you know, I haven't had other people to relate to, you know, at baby classes, you chat to other mums or, and it's that freedom of, you know, go and sit in, in a cafe, you know, you have visions of what you want your maternity leave to be like. And then I've spent majority of it, you know, at home, just me and baby, which, you know, it's it's been very tough at times. Yeah. Um, But I think it does, it has meant that we have a good bond because it has just been us <laughs> yeah yeah totally uh, there's you know there's up, there's pluses and negatives to to the situation yeah. you know you have that time with your little one and you probably like you say create this amazing bond together yeah but the other side of it is you don't get to meet your nearest mm-hmm. and dearest you don't get to show off your lovely new baby yeah and, you know I remember we, you know with my first um you know wheeling around in the pram and getting all these admiring glances yeah. from people I just thought oh you know the pandemic parents aren't getting this at the minute you know and yeah. um, because you know as well as okay you're getting out for your walks and you're maybe going to your your uh you know local shop or whatever doing the shop yeah. but people are generally keeping their distance aren't they you know they're not yeah. they'd be too scared to come over I think and admire your baby and yeah that, that's one thing that I just think oh that's a bit sad but yeah um, but hopefully, you know, you have to take the positives from away from it. And uh, sometimes, yeah, because, you know, dwelling on and feeling, you know, I do feel robbed of my maternity leave. But, you know, me having these feelings of being a little bit angry about it, it doesn't change anything. And I don't want to, especially as Fred being my first baby, I don't want negative thing for either of us, really. So, you know, like you said, I have tried to take the positives from it yeah. without feeling about it actually <laughs> I know and you have to be positive for your little boy and uh, you know he's happy oh, yeah long, he's happy as long as he's with mommy and daddy and he said yeah he's such a, he's, he looks like such a happy little chap so I don't oh, think, yeah think he, he is he's think, always smiling he, he's not been phased by it at all so no, that's the main thing I know I think that uh, and he'll not know himself when he gets out and about and meets other little boys and girls he'll be loving yeah yeah um so we kind of talked about your article on mastitis. The other one I wanted to head on that you talked about that you wrote an amazing article on. And I know a lot of people have drawn a lot of, um, have been really inspired by this article that you wrote. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the one that you did about getting the COVID vaccine. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it came at a time when people really needed to read something like that, Grace, you know, because 
when the COVID vaccination started being rolled out every, you know, in the UK, we, we were kind of told, okay, breastfeeding mums and pregnant mummies to be, um, you know, probably shouldn't get the vaccine. Yeah. And of course that led to then people thinking, oh my goodness, um, maybe I shouldn't breastfeed anymore, or maybe I should yeah. start breastfeeding. And then the, um, then the recommendation changed um, you know, to sort of say it is safe, you can take it, you know, if you are worried to speak to a healthcare provider. Now you yourself work in, you're a healthcare worker yourself. So maybe yeah. you could t- tell us a bit about, you know, the thinking behind and the decision-making behind getting the COVID vaccine for yourself. So like you said, because at the very beginning when it was rolled out, it was like, no, it's absolutely not safe. I think a lot of people were put off by that then thinking, right, no, they've said no. So that means no. So I started doing a bit of, you know, my own research around it, speaking to other people. I spoke to, you know, my colleagues at work about how work had been for them. And I think for me, you know, having had mastitis and being away from Fred and worrying about, you know, having to stay a couple of days or overnight, the thought of being away from him, you know, definitely helped with my decision because I thought if I get COVID and need hospital admission and I can't look after him then you know that stops us breastfeeding as well so that was something I'd considered and then as more um, research was released about the vaccine and breast milk um, it came to light that you know antibodies for the um, for COVID were found in breast milk which then for me meant definitely have it because it meant that not only I was protected I was passing on that protection to Fred as well which you know is just amazing that you can give them that so early on in their life as well knowing that you know they have some protection from it then and am I right in thinking you've had both your your jabs now for yeah because I'm going back to work in July so I wanted to make sure you know I'd had them both prior to going back so I've had both now very limited side effects um other than you know a bit of cold symptoms really that was it bit of a headache but you know nothing in comparison to what it'd be like if you if you actually got covid so yeah well that's really good thank you for sharing that grace so you you mentioned that you're going back to work soon um how are you feeling about that um i i mean I'm looking forward to some adult conversation because obviously (laughs) I've, i've missed that in lockdown as well yeah um and, you know, a, a bit anxious about, you know, how it is in healthcare at the moment as well. There's a lot of uncertainty around, you know, whether we're going to get a fourth wave or. But overall, you know, I, I love my job and I love where I work and I've had, got a really good support system in my managers and stuff there. So, you know, already I've been given the breastfeeding policy. So, you know, that instantly makes you feel better that it's it's going to be OK and that, you know, we can continue our journey and, I'm going to be doing the job that I love at the same time, which, you know, everyone's a winner then. Yeah, that's great. And I think we said, we said before, uh, talking about breastfeeding in public, but often the thought of breastfeeding in public and the thought of going back to work is often worse than actually going uh, back. And it can be yeah. quite nice to have a change of pace. And, um, yeah. and if you do enjoy your job, even better, you know, but it can be quite nice to have a break sometimes from being mummy. Oh yeah. Day. You know, you get, you get to sit and have your lunch in peace and go, <laughs> yes. go to the toilet without thinking, oh God, they're trashing the room while <laughs> I've left for a second. So, you know, I did um, a shift yesterday cause you can 
do um, keeping in touch days before you go back full time just to ease you into it. So I did one of those yesterday and it was really nice, you know, seeing everyone and ha- sitting, having a, a warm cup of tea for a change. <laughs> oh, that's really good to hear. And you talked about the fact that you've seen, you've seen the breastfeeding policy. And for those people yeah. who are maybe on maternity leave at the minute and they're thinking about going back and how, how they could possibly make going back to work work with still trying to breastfeed you know ask your employer I would definitely say ask your employer what their breastfeeding policy is some of them mightn't even have one and that would be your chance to you know maybe create one you know you can find these things online or whatever um but it might be your opportunity to write one yourself for the company Mm -hmm. and if they're open to that but most most good employers are you know are very supportive of yeah um, you know women coming back after having a baby and continuing to breastfeed and I think things will mm-hmm. only get better from there so um please if you're listening don't be scared about that and um, please speak up and let your employer know that you want to continue breastfeeding and that you need their help and support to do that so Grace thank you so much for sharing um your breastfeeding experience with us you've been through a lot during this pandemic and uh, you've done such a fantastic job with Freddie and for continuing to breath oh, thank you length of time really really well done next article has to be about what it's been like returning to work and continuing to breath yeah. and what it's been like pumping and all that sort of thing because yeah. I think that'll be a really useful one for people to read yeah thank you to nine and quarter maternity for sponsoring this episode of the boobing it podcast do check out their range of super cool maternity and breastfeeding clothes on www.9-and-quarter.co.uk and don't forget to enter the discount code boobing it at the checkout to get an exclusive 15 percent off your order for listening to this episode you can find the latest breastfeeding information articles and stories on boobingit.com and you can also join the boobingit community on facebook instagram and twitter see you in the next show